it's just about God is doing this, uh, you know, we should praise him for it. It's glorious grace. You know, he's freely given it to us. Uh, but that's more of kind of like the John three sixteen. He loves you. Like sometimes the reason is just, he loves he just you. Loves you. Yeah, he <laughs> loves you. <laughs> We're getting more specifics, but really remember that's still part of the plan is he loves us. And that's a lot of the reason why. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think critically for yourself and grow your faith. We are here to help guide you along that path, but ultimately this is something that you have to do on your own. All we can do is just give you wisdom and insight from our lives, from what the Bible says, which is the ultimate truth, but ultimately you're the one that has to make those decisions and learn to think for yourself and decide what you believe. Uh, my name is Jesse Mayer. I will be your host here on this podcast and we cannot have the salty pastor podcast without a salty pastor but we have the younger salty pastor zach peak on today or the what did we call you last time i don't know sea salt <laughs> i'm okay with that the some nice sea salt like those really ex- pepper but <laughs> really expensive salt shakers yes. that you can get that yes. are like they've got the big giant crystals in there i could yeah. be himalayan, himalayan salt. i'm okay with salt. that that sounds that nice sounds fancy oh very like fancy that. yes <laughs> so zach you are going to be preaching this sunday um yeah. we are still in our current series of jesus loves me talking about the essentials of the faith mm-hmm. if we take one of these essentials away the whole idea of christianity really doesn't work anymore it kind of mm-hmm. collapses um and so we've covered who jesus said he was and who he is um, we talked about love and now we're on to Jesus loves me. me. <laughs> so we're talking about yeah. me and we're both millennials. So we're very used to talking about ourselves, right? That's kind of the stereotype. That I mean, our, I thought that was what everything was for, right? Right. It's just it's for me, me sometimes me, me. for like us, us, if we're hanging out, but, but mostly, mostly for me, me still. Right. <laughs> So where you wanted to pick up Thir- uh, Tuesday tends to be our biblical study day and then mm-hmm. Thursday's application. So what are we, where are we going in the Bible today? Well, we're going to start off where Sunday left off. So, you know, we usually start off with, we're doing a new passage. We're doing kind of prefacing the next week, the next sermon, and we're still going to do that, but we want to pick up with that conversation that Jesus was having with Nicodemus. Uh, because there's something that Jesus reveals in there that's really important and will lead us kind of to next Sunday and what the next message is going to be. So we're in John chapter three around mm-hmm. verse 16, 16, kind of starting that at 16. one that everybody seems yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, stop me if you've heard this one before. No. Uh, yeah. But, but I want to take kind of a different view of it and also use some of the verses afterwards. Okay. Because in verse 16, as you all probably know, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is a plan. Jesus is speaking what God's plan is to Nicodemus. And then we see as it continues, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. 18, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. And so Jesus here is explaining what God's plan is. Like he's explaining what the basic plan is for you and me and humanity. You know, it's not for as much as we love our pets, as much as we love animals. It's not for animals. It's not for other pieces of creation. This is for us. God so loved the world. He loved us that he sent his one and only son for us. And that's his plan. 
And so that's where I want to start is God has a plan. And when it comes to Jesus loves me, because Jesus loves me, he has a plan to save me. And this seems to be fairly early in his ministry, right? Um, he's He's gone and been baptized by John the Baptist. He's mm-hmm. gone and performed some miracles. Um, and then he goes and clears out the temple um, because he's upset with mm-hmm. all of the quote unquote religious figures that are hanging out in there. And that's mm-hmm. when kind of this conversation with Nicodemus begins, right? So he's well, laying out the plan of what he's doing. It's hard to do chronology with the gospels right. because they did not think of time the same way we did. Mm. They thought a lot more, uh, <laughs> there's an old Matthew McConaughey movie called Sahara. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it kind of bombed, but it's kind of fun. It it's is a, good a one. fun movie. But there's this one part where he goes to the library and it's a mosque because it's in uh, Mali, I think. And he's like, okay, uh, it would have been about like 1180. And he's like, stop. <laughs> we use events to find dates, not dates to find events. And like, so the disciples didn't necessarily, when they wrote these gospels, think like chronologically and linearly like we do always. Right. So to say it was chronologically that way, I mean, there's a good chance it was, but I'm not. But we can't guarantee that. We can't guarantee that. Um, it, this conversation, though, does happen early on in John. And when you study the disciples and the Bible project has, uh, some great, um, they do overviews of every book of the Bible. Mm. And when they do overviews of the gospel, they do a great job of showing how, you know, they, they, they include story elements in there. And that doesn't take away from how historically accurate they are. It doesn't take away from the fact that these events happen. It's just, they wrote differently than us. Right. You know, the disciples, when they sat down and wrote the gospels, they did not think of writing a history paper. They thought this is who Jesus was and that's what I want to show. And right. also the Holy Spirit was involved. So, yeah, <laughs> but, but basically, you know, th- there's more story elements, you know, it's kind of mm. like if you were to tell, you know, somebody like if someone says, Hey, what's your story? You're not going to be like, well, on this year at this time, this happened. You're going to be like, right. well, this is a big thing in my life. And it kind of led to this. There's some you're leaving out some that, you know, you're not focusing on as much, but you're still telling what happened. And that's kind of what, so it's, it's tough sometimes to talk about chronology, but I mean, that's a little bit off topic right now. So. Well, but I think it's important for us to clarify that because yeah. not everybody knows that. I mean, and so that's part of this thing is edifying people mm. that when they're reading, they're yeah. also not going, well, it happened exactly like this because this is how they tell the story in the gospel. Well, and right? that's why you can see small differences between gospels sometimes. Um, that's something that apologetics talks a lot about is why are there discrepancies between the gospels? Because there are differences in the way stories are told. But there's a whole lot of reasons for that. Again, these people weren't, or the disciples weren't sitting down writing academic papers. Well, and they know? weren't so, academics no, anyways. They're blue no, collar men no. that were called to mm-hmm. follow Jesus after they had already basically exactly. been dropped out of the program, right? And so their <laughs> writing yeah. was not there. I mean, that's part of the reason Paul did mm-hmm. so many of them because he was mm-hmm. the most, you know, he had the yeah. most qualifications to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was basically just a, Probably. a blue collar. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah. And so, you know, for, for all these different reasons, basically each of the disciples wrote down and inspired by the Holy spirit wrote what they saw, what mm. they experienced. Some of them, like the book of Mark, Mark was not a disciple. He was uh, a follower of Christ and he like was, he's kind of on the edges of, um, Jesus's story in the gospels, but then he's involved a lot in the book of acts and he was involved heavily in the early church. And so you see all these different guys who, 
tried to find the truth. And as with any historical event, you know, they have different perspectives, mm. which again, doesn't mean there's things that are wrong. It means they saw different things right? or they decided to focus on different things or they thought something led to something in a specific, you know, it's like if, if you watch sports fans are a great example, anybody who watches, you know, a football game or whatever, like some guy would be like, Oh man, there was that interception and changed the game. Another guy would be like, no, no, no. It was this sack right before, you know, like, right. Everybody will debate about when it changed, but it's like, okay, well, I mean, they all, all kind of changed happened. it. They all <laughs> happened. They all kind of changed it. And so that's kind of what we see in the gospels. And this probably, you're right. This probably happened earlier in the ministry, but also what's most important here is that John's putting it at more in the beginning because it's an important thing to know about the rest of the book. It's an important thing. John wants us to understand what God's plan is for the rest of his gospel mm. that he's writing. Um, but what we want to focus on today is that God has a plan for you and me. And that's what this is about. That's Jesus came down not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So that's the plan. That's like, you know how, whenever you're supposed to form like an organization, you have to come up with like a mission statement or something. That's the mission statement. That's the mission. This is the that's plan. The goal. This is what we're going for. But as with any goal, as with any plan, we want more specifics too. And there are more specifics, and that's what leads us to our next passage of scripture that we're really going to be focusing on today, and that's Ephesians. Paul, as you were talking about earlier, who wrote a lot of <laughs> letters, he writes in his letters to the Ephesians, and he kind of expounds on what this plan is. Uh, but a couple notes I want to make before we dive into Ephesians chapter one, and we'll, we might do a little bit of chapter two. We'll see how much time we have, but I'll be in Ephesians chapter one and two on Sunday, a couple things to, to know about this. First off, some of the things Paul's going to cover in here is stuff we already know. It talks about God's love for us. It talks about that being a driving force of the plan that God mm -hmm. has for us, which is true. God loves us, but there is more than just that. You know, it's kind of like love is a very big word, which is good. It also means that it's light on specifics sometimes. Right. So there will be a lot of stuff about love in here because yes, God loves us, but there's also some other details and that's what we kind of want in this one. The second thing to know about this is Greek did not have punctuation. So the language that Paul wrote this in did not have punctuation. And so this passage of scripture especially is really funny because I don't know if anybody had to read like old English books when mm, they were in high like school. Like Beowulf and things like that. Uh, not as much talking? Beowulf, but more like 1800s, like okay. the Victorian era. Victorian stuff. Where they just loved their words. And they would like see like how few commas can I use yes. to get my sentence across? And so you get these sentences that are just going on forever. And because there wasn't punctuation in Greek, when this was translated, there's a whole lot of commas and not very many periods, and it can make it hard to follow. So we're going to do our best to break it down a little bit. Um, there's a lot of what's called an aside, which is where Paul will say like, so Jesus Christ, but then it's like comma. He's like, the Lord and Savior of the universe, comma. And so it talks about Jesus Christ. It's not necessarily needed for the overall sentence, but it kind of defines what he's saying more. There's a ton of those. And so it makes it really easy to get lost while you read it. it it's almost like one of those, it almost belongs in like parentheses rather than like commas, right? It should exactly. be something like Jesus Christ, parentheses, yeah. da, 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 parentheses. And then that, yeah. that would be the way you should maybe more interpret it as you're reading it rather than with commas, which yes. are, are like continuations for most mm -hmm. of the time when we're True. reading. And so because of that, I may skip some asides in here. So if you're reading along right now, or like, you know, these verses and you're like, Hey, he missed that part. 
Yes. I may do that on purpose a few times. Cause like, you know, even in some of the first ones, it'll be like, you know, um, you know, God loves us. It's like, he loved us so much. It's like, okay, yeah, we know. Like, let's skip that little one and let's get back to the overall sentence. Cause that's, it's that declarative thought that we're after. But with all that said, let's dive in. Okay. We're going to jump in, in verse chapter three or sorry, in chapter one, verse three, cause the first couple of verses are Paul's greeting to the church saying, Hey, Ephesians, how you doing? This is from Paul. And then in, in verse three, he, st- he starts by saying, praise be to the father or to God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So there's your first example of a comma. He's like, okay, praise be to God and to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Boom. Awesome. But instead of leaving it there, he also defines it. Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So again, that second part, it's like, awesome. It's true. Not as much needed for like the overall thought. And since we're here looking for the specifics, we're not going to focus on stuff like that as much. Let's go to verse four for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So here is our first piece that was not in John. That was not in the um, discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus. Why does Jesus love us? Why is there that me at the end of the sentence? The first part is he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So a couple things he chose us. Like, again, part of the plan. This is a specific part of the plan was us being chosen. It wasn't like, a, oh, they're around. Yeah. So I guess I guess they're they're it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, we talk a lot about purpose and it's like, yeah, he he created us with a purpose in mind. Like it's it's not like, oh, look at this thing. It's a human. It walks funny. No, it's like I'm creating humanity for this. And that was before he created the world. He didn't create the world and then come like this was before creation. And then to be holy and blameless in his sight. This is, uh, this goes back to kind of what Israel was supposed to be and what we were originally made to be before the fall, which is sharing in God's glory, to be holy, to be set apart and special, to be blameless, to be perfect in his sight. Mm. And so he has this idea for us, you know, I believe, I believe it's Paul who writes somewhere in the new Testament that, you know, we are now a community of priests. Like we are all supposed to be, part of the priesthood of Christ. It's like, maybe you're not a pastor, but you're still part of the priesthood of Christ. If you're a Christian and you're holy and set apart and blameless, I'm just actually reading that. I'm doing the Bible in a year, the Mm -hmm. CCV version, um, which is really great because you only do five days a week and then the other two you get off on the weekends, which is really nice. But I'm in Exodus right now. And I just went through the slog that is here's God talking to Moses. He's like, this is how I want you to build out the Ark of the Covenant and all this stuff and how I want you to set uh, Aaron apart to be my priest and his sons. And it's like it's a whole thing. And it was like only that family was allowed to be mm-hmm. set apart like that. Everybody else just had yeah. to come to them. But and even they what's went cool to God, with right? Israel is that, yes, Aaron and his family was set apart as like the priests of God for Israel, but Israel as a nation was also supposed to be set apart. Right. Now we know it didn't work too well. Right. <laughs> that's kind of the whole point of the old Testament and then Jesus coming back. But, but that was the point. That was the plan showed. We can't do it as humans and we need something else. Hence Jesus. And then this is the plan now is that before the creation of the world, we were set apart. Like, so there is something special about us. We're going to get to exactly why later on, but there is something special about us. And it was, bef- he chose us before the creation of the world. 
Uh, continuing on in verse five, in love, he predestined us for adoption, adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. And then it says one of those little commas, it says in accordance with his pleasure and will, basically because he wanted to is what that means. But what's really cool is I don't know if you're i I'm on Bible gateway reading That's this right, I'm now. At right now too. And it's got a little footnote right there, doesn't it? After mm-hmm. it says sonship, that footnote, which is so cool that they include this. Uh, when it says that God predestined us for adoption to sonship, that phrase adoption to sonship is a legal term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture. And in Roman culture, you know, it was one of those cultures where you had a man and then if he was powerful, he could have many, many women and many, many children, but only like some of them were full legitimate, you know, children according to culture. And so what Paul is saying here is uh, in his love for us and using Jesus Christ, God has in mind for us to become full heirs. Like he used the legal Roman term for that, which is a Mm. really cool and really powerful statement. Again, this speaks to part of his plan, which is, you know, before the creation of the world, we were supposed to be holy and blameless. Obviously that hasn't necessarily happened because sin, but what he's done instead now is he's going to adopt all of us to full standing with him through Jesus Christ. Mm. So these are some of the specifics of the plan of how he's going to save us. And they're really, really cool. Uh, in verse six, we go on to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to the one he loves. Again, that's one of those verses that's in there. It's just about God is doing this, uh, you know, we should praise him for it. It's glorious grace. You know, he's freely given it to us. Uh, but that's more of kind of like the John three sixteen. He loves you. Like sometimes the reason is just, he loves he just you. Loves you. Yeah, he <laughs> loves you. <laughs> We're getting more specifics, but re- remember that's still part of the plan is he loves us. And that's a lot of the reason why uh, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Again, just like what Jesus told Nicodemus, you know, whoever believes in him, we can be forgiven. We shall not perish. All of that similar, you know, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Okay. And so now this is the next kind of specific that we get. And it's the last part of verse eight in the first, uh, and it's all of verse nine with all wisdom and understanding. He meaning God made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ, verse 10, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's a big one. That is a very, very big one. <laughs> that is a very, very big sentence. And that's one sentence. It's one of those, you know, where he's, he's got commas everywhere. Yep. There's one of those dashes. It's all over the place. But let's break that down because that is a huge, huge part. With all wisdom and understanding, so... We're just saying God's smart, which is true. Right. God made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. So he has told us, and you know, what's interesting is he has told all of us as humans. Some of us haven't decided to listen to it. Some of us have. Some of us don't believe it. Some of us do. But he has made known to us the mystery of his will. He has made known to us this plan, this idea that he has, again, according to his good pleasure, because he wants to, which he purposed in Christ. So why did he send Christ to be put into effect when the times have reached their fulfillment? And this is what it is to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That is the end point of all of this. 
So we've gone from John three sixteen, God so loved the world. He sent his only son. We believe in him. We have eternal life. You know, we're not condemned. We are saved. We've gone from that to, we know that we as a people, we as humans were chosen before the creation of the world to be set apart. We are predestined to be his sons, to be adopted sons and daughters, to be adopted to a full, full standing in him and, and his kingdom. And then what is the point of all of this to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ? Mm. So, I mean, having that completely flips the way you think about yourself and why you're here. Right. I think we sometimes get so caught up on, we're just living our day to day life. And, you know, depending on your circumstances, uh, have a family and stuff. Sometimes you're just like, you know, I was an accident or, you know, I, you know, had a rough family life. Like, why mm -hmm. am I here? And it's like, God's giving you this, this statement, even if you had a perfect family life, sometimes you go through moments where you're just like, life's really hard yeah. <laughs> and it's, it doesn't necessarily get easier, mm -hmm. but you have a different form of hope and purpose. When you go, God put me here for yeah. a reason. He chose me he loves me and he made a way for me to be united with him. Yeah. Not just, well, you made your choice mm -hmm. and now you're out in the cold by, he said, no, I want you back. I want you with me. I love you and I care about you. And there was a purpose and you matter to mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Well, and not just to unite with him, which is an amazing, you know, it's healing for us. It it's becoming what he's made us to be, but then, you know, to bring unity to all things, not just us, we then are co-laborers with him. I believe it's, it's either first or second Corinthians where God, where Paul writes that we are co-laborers with God. We get to work with him to bring unity to all these things. We as humans have a very special position in God's kingdom. We are blessed with it. We are privileged. We talk about privilege in our society. Talk, talk about a privilege, right? We are, you know, intended to be adopted to sonship of the creator of the universe and to co-labor with him to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth. That is an amazing privilege. That's an amazing blessing for ourselves. We are healed through it. We become what we were made to be through it. We fulfill our purpose through it. Mm. Like, so it's great for us. And we get to see the fruit of that in the lives of others and the lives of other things, you know, not, not just the lives of other humans, but you know, I've grown up my whole life in Idaho and it's a beautiful state. You know, right. people here, we love the mountains. We love the forest and everything. And, you know, we want to bring unity to that and God as well. You know, we want to, you know, let it prosper and be good, you know, and mm. rule over it with stewardship and wisdom, you know, to, to encourage a good world, not just for us and not just our children, but for all of God's creation. And it's so cool that we get to be in that special spot. That is a very special spot that we get, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Now, why do we get that special spot? We've gone through how special we are. Why do we get all of that stuff that is so, so special? I mean, that's kind of his plan for us, right? And he loves us. Yes, yes. But is there anything else? Does he give us any other hints? Like, again, he loves us. You're right. But just like we expounded in Ephesians on that conversation in John chapter three, we can get a little bit deeper and yes, he loves us, but, but why do we have such a special spot in his kingdom? 
I don't know. Pop quiz. I didn't know. <laughs> I don't know if I like you on here. You're pop quizzing me. We're just having some fun. That's okay. That's one of those things where the teacher plans a question, you know, yeah. just so it's like, look, I want to do a transition, but I've been talking a lot. So we're going to get this other sure. person involved just so I have an excuse. <laughs> so tell me, Zach, why, why are we so special? Well, it goes back to Genesis. Okay. And what I'm really excited for to talk this week is not just that we got to break down a really awesome passage in that Ephesians that can be, man, when I first read that passage, my eyes glossed over. I was like, what's going on? I'm so <laughs> lost. So I'm really happy we get to break down that Ephesians today and really get after it and help people, you know, understand some of why the Bible's so hard to read sometimes and how we can break it down and understand it better, but also to set up Thursday's podcast because something that is happening in the world is the denial of who we are as humans and what special status we have as humans. And part of the reason why is because we failed to go back to why we are so special. And the reason why we're so special goes back to creation. It goes back all the way back to Genesis chapter one. Okay. In verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground in verse 27. So God created mankind in his own image in the image of God. He created them male and female. He created them. That is why we are so special. That is why we get this opportunity. That is why we get this glorious purpose. That's why we get this special privilege in his kingdom because he created us in his image. You know, the, the shorthand for that is we call it Imago Dei in the image of God. Mm. It's Latin for that. And, and that is where this specialness comes from is we are created Imago Dei. Well, I am excited to see what you want to share with us on Thursday about how our culture has kind of started trying to take that away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope you guys join us for that. Um, as we kind of wrap up today, we got a couple minutes. I wanted to actually read some YouTube comments, some people that have left some comments for us before oh, we wrap up today. No, <laughs> it's all good stuff. It's all good <laughs> stuff. Uh, we've got Jen Frisky saying, keep doing what you're doing. This podcast is my favorite and actually the only one I listen to these days. It's so life-giving and full of good, thought-provoking, eye-opening things to be aware of and watch for as a mom. So um, thanks, Jen, for that awesome comment. We're glad you're enjoying it. We've had Lauren Broyles says, great message, guys. Um, Don Ping... Pilkington, Don Pilkington. Sorry if I butchered that, but he said, thanks guys. It was thoroughly blessed, encouraged, keep up the good work, godly work. So, um, we just really love hearing what, that you guys are enjoying this. Um, I get the opportunity, I think probably a little bit more than Zach does, but, um, and less than Doug, but we love hearing when you guys are getting something out of this, um, that we're helping you on your journey that we're, you know, our mission is to help guide you, but ultimately you're doing the work. And if we're doing that and you're enjoying it, we love hearing about it. So we just really appreciate you guys joining us for that. Um, and that it's making a difference in your lives. Cause that's what we're here to do is try to help you make sense out of this life that you're living. Um, 
If you're new to the podcast and you haven't listened to all 128 episodes um, leading up to this, the ones I would recommend the most that you catch up on, um, we did a special series called What in the Sam Hill? And those were episodes 102, 104, 106, and 108. And those ones are kind of like an overview of some of the bigger philosophical thoughts we hit on a lot in this podcast. So rather than you having to play 100 episodes of catch up, um, those are great ones to kind of just, and they're, they're a little bit shorter, but they're just Pastor Doug kind of breaking down. Here's some um, philosophical thoughts that we hit on a lot here on the podcast that are going to help get you up to speed more rapidly than listening to 100 episodes worth of content <laughs> to try to figure it out. So um, if you're new to the podcast, we encourage you to watch those. Zach, you have anything you want to say before we close out for the day? I think you covered it, man. We got it all good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast.